What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Construction Royalty Podcast. Today, man, I got my good friend and youngster in the construction field. He's 25 years old, Luke Marcotte. Um, now, this guy is like a special breed, man. He has crazy work ethic. Um, he, since 15, 16 years old, this guy's been grinding. He missed out on all the high school parties. He missed out on all the bars on Saturday and Friday nights. Um, and this guy was just hustling for whatever he wanted in for whatever he wants in life. And then he, you'll listen on this podcast, but he took a big hit um, after six, seven years of grinding during the high school days. And uh, you know, I just respect this guy a lot because it's it's rare to see somebody have crazy work ethic like this guy does. Um, but you'll definitely get some value from this because he's very wise and you know i just respect him a lot and respect everything he's doing and he has helped me personally a lot too in my electrical company um and he's he's also like been in many different industries within the construction uh electrical solar development um investing like real estate investing uh general contracting but with that being said guys you're gonna listen to his story on this podcast so stay tuned just living the dream sir how about yourself same bro you know just uh, just enjoying it day by day that's all we can do <laughs> so Man, you're the you're the president and the founder of Sisu Devco. Yes, sir. That's a, a fairly new company for you, isn't it? Yeah, I consider it kind of the same company all the way from when I was, uh, I guess, 16. Uh, so I started my first business when I was 15, buying, fixing, and flipping trucks. And I started an electrical company at 16. And it's gone through like a few variations to get to this point, but it's been like one solid construction company. Uh, they have different like LLC filings and whatnot, but it's always been the same tools that rolled over with the same customers and it just came like, to the next phase of development of the company. So it's still the same company in like theory, but it's a new like corporation filing in May. So, so like, dude, I, yeah, because I know, I think like I, I started or I found you, like we started talking whenever you were like still had like the electric, the electric, what was the name of it? Electric, right? Elect- Electrico, yeah. yeah. It was technically just electric, but like the LLC file, it was Electrico LLC. But yeah, so when I first started, uh, again, fifth or yeah, 14 or 15, I started buying, fixing, and flipping vehicles because my dad had a, a mechanic shop. And so I had like 25 vehicles before I turned 18, basically, just like rifling through them and selling them and whatnot. And it was tons of downs with a few ups and whatnot. So it was all like early learning. Uh, then it was Marcot Electric for the first like rendition. And then I went to North Star Technology, which was like all fiber optic base and like low volt security stuff. Then I went to uh, the solar company. So we started doing developing solar and I had my ass handed to me on a few big like <laughs> million dollar deals. So then it became electric and then now it's Sisu Devco. So like a lot of that might sound like it's uh, like jumping ship too often and a lot of times that can be it but every time like each one of those steps it's because some unbelievably big project came in i'm like oh shit i guess we're going to specialize in that now 
So like even with like North Star Technology, that was like we were like we went from just doing small electrical projects, wiring pole barns and things like that. And then I got the fiber optic bid to redo all the fiber optics throughout an entire prison here. So I was like, oh shit, <laughs> like that's what we're going to do now. So North Star Technology and I was getting into like uh, cell phone tower stuff. So everything was just trying to like specialize, orient it. But I always knew it would end up at this point where it's Sisu Devco now. I always knew I would end up in the development and general contracting space. I figured I would. I would grow electric to uh, sell off and then start doing this. So this is like what I thought I'd be doing in my forties, but here I am in my twenties doing it. So it's just kind of faster than I thought it would happen. So, so like when you started like um, electric, right. And then you went to like the, you know, the, the fiber optic fiber, and then you went to solar. So like, are you still doing those type of projects or are you like, no, no. Okay. Yeah, complete, completely done with it. Uh, so a lot of the stuff that had to do with the fiber, uh, I had someone that was going to, I was going to hire on. And so like the first electrical stuff was actually technically like side projects, basically just getting stuff going. But I was working full time on top of my day job too. So I was working like 80 to 100 hours a week. And so then I um, specialized in the fiber optics and all that because I didn't have my master's. I just had my journeyman's. Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I'm going like, I need to quit this day job because I was puking up blood every morning from stress of managing two businesses, basically. And yeah. so then I had to like lean all the way into this. <clears throat> and uh, so anyways, yeah. So we're not doing any more of that stuff. A lot of it, like we wrapped up, especially over the past uh, three months for the electrical projects, mm -hmm. uh, the solar projects, we were doing some, uh, and we still have some that are like, in rendering but all the solar panels were starting to get held up at ports especially because we were only doing like eight hundred thousand dollar plus projects so we were ordering an ass load of solar panels at one point and then especially with the whole political climate going on i was like all right maybe we should we should steer away from this for a second and then uh that's when this opportunity came up with uh, uh building a subdivision and developing it so it's been pretty cool since then yeah. So since, since when have, like since 15, 16, you've had that vision of being in the development? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, let's see. Like I, I always knew. Grew into it over time. Yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's funny. I, uh, one second. Can you hear all the background noise? So yeah. I can close these doors. Okay. Yeah, sounds I mean, good. A little bit, a little bit but okay. I mean, it's all good. Okay. Sounds good. And uh, so I've always been a very obsessive person. Anything that I'm going after, like I go after with 110%. And there's like, there's been times, because when you go after something so obsessively, uh, it's like, there's a lot of peaks, ups and downs throughout, especially the first 10 years in doing it. So I've tried to hold myself back before, but I just go after everything with everything I've got all the time. I'm an all out motherfucker. It's what I do. And so even back when I was a kid, I picked up a guitar when I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And from that moment, from the first time I strung those chords, I knew I was going to be like a world-class rock star. Like I was going to be like playing on shows with Ozzy Osbourne type shit. <laughs> so I've always had this big, crazy imagination. I don't know where it came from. Uh, even when I was a little kid, I was like sitting there watching TV with my grandpa and we didn't come from any kind of money in my family. And a Lamborghini came on the, the TV and I was like, whoa, what's that? Being in Michigan, I really didn't see it very much, especially rural Michigan. And uh, so he's like, that's a Lamborghini. I'm like, I'm going to have one of those one day. He's like, well, you better get a good job. I'm like, no shit. Why the fuck would I aim to get a bad job? It don't make yeah. no sense to me. So anyways, 
everything I've done has been all out with this big kind of vision. And so then I get around this uh, 15 year old and I, I matured very fast kind of because like a force almost. And so I was really trying to figure out what the fuck I wanted to do. All my friends I played music with our band and all that kind of just fell apart. Everybody stopped playing. So I didn't have anybody to play with. So I was like, all right, it's time to transition to something different, put my focus elsewhere. And I'm like, and I need money. So we might as well start doing something that makes money right here, right now. And I was lucky enough. I don't like the word luck, but fortunate. I was fortunate enough to kind of grow up at a second family's house. And my family, uh, not so well off, if you want to call it that. This other family, like extremely well off, like insane, beautiful house on a hundred acres, all built out, like all custom, everything. And like on this like world-class river and they owned a few houses down each way that were rental houses. Like they had their shit together. And I was just really good friends with one of their sons. And so he would, I actually never like planned to start staying there. I just like, he would invite me over every single day after high school because we were best friends. And I ended up basically living with him for like six to eight years, kind of on and off, like all the time. And uh, so anyways, he had a plumbing company, the dad, uh, dad of the whole family, stay at home mom, dad had a plumbing company and it was just him and one other person. And he worked his ass off seven days a week, all the way clear into his fifties. Like he just now started like hiring more people and started to take time off after he's already bought everything. <laughs> and uh so anyways i was like whoa look at what this guy has from being in construction and at this time this is the point where everybody in the world was telling everybody you had to go to college if you didn't go to college like you're no you're nothing you're nobody and you never will amount to anything and so then he's like fuck those motherfuckers like look at what i got I'm like yeah i'm gonna listen to this guy because yeah. the te teachers at school i see what they live in and what they drive and it ain't like this so uh, so, uh, the first plan was to become a plumber. Then he always told me if he wasn't a plumber, he'd become an electrician. I was like, okay. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking one day and I'm like, cause I'm like getting ready to become a plumber. I'm like, wait a minute, if I'm a plumber, I can't work on the same jobs as this guy. And I can't work with this person. that's basically my dad. And like, I can't learn from him and I can't like get to experience the job site with all the stories he tells. I'm like, so if I become an electrician, then I can work on the same jobs. And I knew I was like, from that moment, I was going to have my own electrical company because I wanted to be like him. And so I'm like, then I'll get to work on the jobs with him. And he only did like $2 million plus custom homes, like some of the most insane houses, you like crazy see stuff. And I'm like, then I can work with him on projects. And then, so, uh, from that moment, I was like, man, it'd be really cool to be like the guy building these projects. And of course, my mind just starts to run like crazy. I'm like, dude, what if like, what if we start building like skyscrapers and fucking apartment complexes and wind turbines and solar farms and stuff like that? So I was like, all right. Uh, I had another person that was kind of a mentor growing up and he was a general contractor, <clears throat> a general contractor. And so I called him when I was in high school. I was actually in like between classes in the hall and I called him. I'm like, hey, I'm training to become an electrician right now. I'm like, should I just jump and like go all in for to be a general or should I just focus on this? He's like, don't even think about being a general until you have 50,000 cash in your bank account that you don't even need and you just don't have to worry about so you can float costs and bills. And I was like, at that time, 50 grand is like what a million dollars is to me now, like in my mind. I was like, 50 grand, dude. So I was like, all right, that's going to be on the back burner. And I always heard people talk about selling their companies and like getting a big payday. I'm like, man, that'd be sick. So I was like, all right, we're formulating this plan now in my head. I'm 15 at this time. 
like, I'm going to start this now. Like if I do this, I can test by nine or 20. Cause that's the limit in Michigan, the age limit. I can test by 20, get my master's by 22. I'll sell this motherfucker by 26 to 30, you know, get 10 million bucks or something like that. It'll clear that 50,000. No problem. It's like, then we can get into the big boy stuff. So that was always the plan. And so like the solar company, what I had talked about, that was my first attempt kind of to do what I'm doing now, essentially close down the electrical contracting and go towards the development and general contracting. But I didn't have enough money. And uh, me and some partners that I had like financial partners that I had met, we were going to buy a two and a half million dollar solar farm in uh, Boston area. And so like we're working on this deal. I'm the one putting the whole thing together. So that's where I'm getting like a big chunk of my money because I didn't have a ton of money to throw in because I was 22 or something at the time. And so then I was going to personally net like 120 grand off of being a part of this deal, essentially. I'm like, oh shit, man. Like, and this is a matter like a span of maybe like three months too. So I'm like, okay, fuck you. Right, we're going to do this. We're going to get this. We're going to get this. We're going to keep rolling it. And it turns out like we're this close, like one week away from closing. And then my financial partners call me. It's like, hey, we want you to just look over this number list real quick, the power output of the solar farm. It's like one of our analysts caught something. I just want to see what your intake or what your input is. I'm like, all right. I look over my Jesus Christ, man. Like, are you kidding me? Because the numbers were vastly different uh, prior to like, because the solar farm had been built like four years before. And so the numbers that we were getting right now were way different than they were for the four years prior. And it was peaks like peak uh, sunlight hours and everything, peak time of year. We're like, we should be getting the absolute most right now. And so I did some digging and I drove out there without like consulting the realtor. And I seen the inverter was different. One of the inverters was different. I'm like, oh, dude, one of the inverters must have shipped themselves and they changed it out for a cheaper one to like just get it. And that's why they're offloading it now. So they're trying to just offload this bomb onto us basically. So it's shit in our lap instead of theirs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then obviously I'm like, I have to pull the plug. I'm not going to buy this thing. I'm not going to put my financial partners in that situation. Hold the plug. So since I was putting the deal together, I had to put up tens of thousands of dollars for like legal fees, contracts, partnership agreements, LLCs, things like this, just like all part of acquisition. And I lost all my fucking money, lost everything I had. I was like, dog, what the fuck? It's like, all right, I'm going to go back, sell all my tools, all my customers and all that, firing up electric and we're going after it. So we did. So now wound up back here again and it seems to be working. So, <laughs> so, so like what, I mean, how, how did you feel like when every, I mean, you basically had to go back, right? Oh yeah. I had to start completely. So I was living in uh, park city, Utah at the time. Mm-hmm. And like for reference, I was uh, not born. I was born in Southern Michigan, but moved up to Northern Michigan uh, when I was six. So I've lived in this small town of 2000 people essentially my whole life. And now I live in a bigger town next to it. It was 15,000 people called Traverse City, Michigan. And I was living in beautiful Park City, Utah, which is this world-class ski resort, this world-class thing out west, seeing mountains and all this for the first time. <clears throat> I was living there. I was like, had this big dream out there with all this. And all of a sudden, bam, door slammed shut in my face. I had no more money and I had to drive home. I was like, that fucking sucks yeah. and I'm like that sucks ass because like this was my dream and it just got slammed in my face and I was like all right like at that time like now I'm like hey, fuck it dude it's, it is what it is it's just the world God just redirecting you to what's next and what's really for you but that's because that happened to me 
And so I was like, okay, that really sucked at that moment. I was like, my entire life had been obliterated. And like, to put into perspective, again, I did not come from any kind of money at all. Like, I had to fight, pull tooth and nail just to fucking afford to eat throughout high school type stuff. And so I worked 80 to 120 hours a week just to get ahead, barely. And I bought my first house by 20, my first piece of property that I like kind of developed when I was 19 and shit. And all this, I kept flipping and rolling and rolling. So basically when I like left to go do that solar company thing, I had about 80,000 sitting there and just fucking all gone essentially. And I was, and then uh, the other thing is I was putting together other deals too. So I was planning on that money to roll it. But since I didn't have any more money for that, it was like, I didn't have money to finish the rest of the project. So everything just went up in flames at once. So it was like literally imagine I'm trying to think how many years, probably six, six years or so at that time, six years of working 120 hours a week, hundred hours a week. I didn't go, I've never been to a high school party, never been to a college party. Uh, I never, like, I didn't close down a bar or even like go to a bar to drink until I was like 22. Like, so I waited like a whole year just because I, and the only reason I did is because I destroyed my knee on the ski resort and I couldn't work for a week. So I was like, fuck it, let's go to the bar. And I had nothing else to do. So like, anyways, what I mean is like sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice, nothing but compounding. I never had like a nice brand new truck for me. I never bought nice clothes. I never went and did anything. It was all reinvested for six to seven years. Didn't have a high school life, didn't have a social life for six to seven years. So when that money was burnt up and I had to leave my dream out there in Utah to come back, that was at six to seven years of my life was wrapped up in that 80,000 essentially. I still had a house back here. I was renting out, but still like that was like six to seven years, just up in flames instantly by that one thing. And I had to start all over again. I was like, I passed out. Like, honestly, like looking back now, I passed. I was sitting on the computer and I was calculating everything up and I just fucking fell over. <laughs> it was crazy. But I mean, out. six, seven years of fucking just like pure sacrifice, you know, to build something. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, everybody like Andy and stuff, like they all talk about like having to go through like that deep fucking grind for like the first 10 years, right? And it's like exactly. going through that just to fucking like hit a reset button and go all the way the fuck back. All the way back. But here's the thing. It wasn't just a reset bat, uh, button. It was a reset button. This is like, that's the way I perceived it back then is because money, money was all I was worried about back then through that whole process and everything that happened with that, like the, the whole solar farm shitting itself, it built something in here that was worth more. So then here's the crazy part. I came back to Michigan. And so like, this is like, shows you how valuable the compounding interest in your heart and in your head is. The money is just a small part of it. Now, at that time, it was the most distraught, destroying thing I could possibly have. Nothing can possibly derail me, I've learned now. And I kind of knew that back then. But that was something that made me question, like, fuck, should I just give this up and go back to work for someone and call it a life? Like, I was actually questioning that, which if you know me, is like the most insane words that would ever leave my mouth. And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right. I'm already here. I already started here and got to some place before. I'm like, let's just try it one more time. Like, I just, I got to like, if I try it for a month or two and it shits itself, then whatever. I didn't like, it already happened. So I'm like, let's try it again. Like, all right, start formulating a new plan. I'm like, got my electrician license. All right. I got all the tools. I got this. I'm like, I, so this is an important part too. If you do have a fall, you've got to do what you can with what you have, where you are. 
And so I was like, all right, now here I am in Northern Michigan again, and I'm rebuilding back, trying to just like picking up some of the customers I had before. So it was kind of easy to get started again, uh, at least in this area. And so I started just doing little job, little job, little job. And then all of a sudden uh, I rented out my house and I got like essentially a big chunk of money up front. I'm like, oh fuck, because I had no money at all. So it's like, all right, there's some money I can get going. I'm like, okay, I need to relocate to a bigger city because I like being around a bigger city. I don't like to live in the middle of nowhere, small town. So I'm like, all right, we're going to move to Detroit because my license is only good in Michigan. All right, cool. Find a place in Detroit. I start driving down there a couple of times a week and I start like networking with some people and real estate investor groups on Facebook and whatnot. When they had meetups, I started going down on Sundays. I would, and so this is kind of bad, maybe, but it worked and it's kind of cool. It's a good story. Uh, so I'm obviously like a uh, Christian. I believe in God and all this, Jesus, my savior and all that. So I started going to church down there, but I went to three church services a Sunday because dude, I like, mind you at this time, I have like maybe like 50 bucks in my bank account. I had 80 grand three months ago. So I'm like, I am hungry. I need to go motherfucker. And so I go to three church services a Sunday and I just go around afterwards, just handing people coffee, shaking hands, talking to whoever I can, not even like throwing out my business, just saying, Hey to everybody. Cause uh, one person I listened to, he says, uh, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. So I'm like, all right, dude, I'm shaking hands as much as I can. And so now I finally get some money. I get some projects secured. I get a place in Detroit so I can actually move down there. I get things going, get there. First month in Detroit, we did $500 in revenue. It's like, sucks. <laughs> this sucks. Like that was like an entire 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> and then the second month came. I was like, all right, I don't have money for month for our rent next month. Like it's time to like, it's time to shit or get off the crapper now. And so then I'm like, all right, start doing some calculating the numbers and whatnot. I'm like, okay, I got to just do this number or whatever it was at that time. And bam, I went after it and I did 15,000 in revenue the next month. So I did 500 the first, and mind you moved to Detroit. I didn't know one single person that lived in the entire area and had one connection, didn't know anybody on Facebook or Instagram, not one single person moved there. I'm from 500 to 15 grand in one month. Okay. Six months later, did over a hundred grand in one month. I was like, all right. <laughs> so that's what I mean by when like through the trials and tribulations, the falls and the failures, it's where you build up here and where you build here. The money is the least valuable part of it. And that's what truly made me realize like, damn, like think about what I learned in that moment. And not only like when you get in those dog situations where you got to get down and dirty to get the fuck out of it, like when you pull these new levels out of you and I was just trying these new things, networking on Facebook groups and like trying to figure out how to meet new people and like all this crazy stuff. And mind you, I'm navigating how to sign up for uh, uh, Michigan's uh, unemployment and for like workers comp. And I already had liability insurance, obviously, and working out with uh, accountants and payrolls and learning how to estimate correctly. And especially in a new area where the prices were different than my normal area. So everything was different. I was just working probably 120 hours a week again, just trying to navigate through this. But six months later, doing did 100 grand in a month and kept doing it after that. And I was like, all right, that's where it was. So that's you just find that success when you get up that one more time. <laughs> so you fucking, um, like you look back now and you're like, damn, dude, like I'll take another hit like that. Just because like, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, I guess it depends, but like how big, but. 
like knowing yeah. that we're going to bounce back with you know all the skills and like so, and shit like that yeah so it's not necessarily i like that i want it to happen i'm not afraid of it mm-hmm. happening because bitch you hit me down i'm getting up twice as tall like it's what happened because it's what's happened throughout my entire life I've had like other falls, if you want to call it. That was a big fucking fall. That was like, especially the big first like wake up call to me. But, you know, there's a lot of times where you like sign up for a big project, you start doing it. And then all of a sudden they pull the plug on the project and you're like, well, shit, this was like my work for the next month and a half. And it's like, and then, or you wait forever and you don't get paid. And then you like, so there's, there's always trials and tribulations, but that was the first like big fall. And that was the one that taught me. It's like, if you hit me down, you knock me down, dude. Like, it's okay because I'm getting back up. I don't have to question myself anymore. Like how I said, like I questioned possibly going back to work for someone. That's not me. I don't do that. And it's like one thing I can guarantee every living, breathing person on the face of this motherfucking earth is that I will be the last man standing. It's like, it don't matter how hard I get hit, how many times I get knocked down. It don't matter what I'm going up against, what I got to push through, what I don't have. I will be the last motherfucker standing. You may beat me right now. You may knock my ass to the ground, but I'm going to get back up. I'm going to do it so much. I'm going to rock you this shit where it's like, you just could be like, dude, this motherfucker won't quit. I will be the last man standing. I may fucking not be the biggest. I may lose, but whatever, but I will be standing the last one there. So that's my, that's my, persona <laughs> yeah and i know i know like you're you're always on social media like fucking uh, like saying a lot of um like just helping people right like be grateful and stuff yeah. like you you have it in your bio oh yeah like the most grateful man on earth or on the <laughs> hell yeah dude yeah it all stems from uh not really having people there to help me throughout most of my childhood uh, and I don't want to make my, like my childhood sound like something crazy shit bad. Like there's people that had it way worse than me, but I was the middle child and my dad was the oldest of his family. And my mom was the baby of her family. And so my dad, baby, the older brother, my mom, baby, the little brother. And so it was like, not enough attention for me, if you want to call it that. Uh, so a lot of the stuff I was just left to like figure out on my own. Like I would ask questions and be like, Oh, well, we're helping older brother and little brother. And you can just go like, we'll get to you later. They'll never get to me later. So throughout my whole life, it was all about like, uh, trying to be that person for others because I had to figure everything out on my own essentially. And especially the big part too, is I always, so that family that I kind of started living with throughout high school, I knew them all the way from elementary school and was always really good friends with them. But that was the time where like I started to get my driver's license and I could actually go over there all the time. And that guy, uh, the dad, he just started pouring into me every night. And like, I was like scared at first. I was kind of timid. I didn't know how to take it because I never had like a father figure like that. My dad wasn't a teacher of any means. So this guy would just like, we'd just be sitting there eating dinner and he'd just start pouring. It's like, I was like, look me in the eye when I'm talking. He was like, shake my hand like this. And he's like, do all this and that. He's like, you got to do this with your finances. And he started teaching me all this stuff. And he literally just advanced me like 20 years in a fucking, you know, probably two year span, honestly. But I was there for six to eight years. And I was like, damn, dude, like how valuable just that, just that lesson is just talking about it. And just like, just to share with somebody else. Because people are sitting there wondering why they're spinning the wheels. So if someone like me can just be on there and be like, yo, are you upset? Are you depressed? You fucking got to fight through something. You got to like do this or that. It's like, it's just me sharing stuff that I figure out along the way. 
because that could just be the singular key that advances somebody to their next level. So I'm always about pouring into others because especially I had that one guy that came into my life and you got to think it's somebody else's family, somebody else who has three kids of his own, the same age and younger than me. I was older than all his kids do. And he just basically took on a fourth kid as he had all of his shit together. And he just started dumping it into me, even when I didn't want it, even when I didn't understand it. And then over the years, it just kept wearing on me. I'm like, all right, maybe I should start listening. So that's why I'm so consistent with it. That's why I just keep pouring it. Because one day someone's going to be like, God, this motherfucker don't shut up, dude. Like, let's listen to what he's got to say. Like, damn, that just changed my life. That's what happened to me. So you you feel like it's like, like, I don't know if you read that book, The Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah, it's exactly what it's like. It's funny. I was just talking with my friend uh, who owned a coffee company up here the other night about that. And so a lot of people, I really just kind of started opening up more about like my past with my families and stuff like that. And so a lot of people haven't really known that side of me. And so I was telling them that when we were at actually just getting drinks like last weekend or whatever. And he's like, man, he's like, it sounds like rich dad, poor dad. I'm like, wow. Like that's like, it was like, I never, like never occurred to me. It was like that, but it's exactly what it was like. Because uh, not to dog on my family, like I love my family, like everything's good. Like I still see them all the time and whatnot. And like, I'm trying to help them grow and start their businesses and everything like that. But it's like, my family was always in debt. We would have extreme highs and extreme lows. And so it would be like, uh, my parents would be doing good. And then they would just like take all the money from that business they had. And then they would just go buy a toy with it and just bankrupt the business and be like, okay, that's very poor financial planning. And then on this side, you have the rich dad and he's like, oh shit. Like, no, you have to be smart with money. You have to put the money first. He's like, cause then if you have money sitting there, then it can multiply. It's like, if you buy a toy, it's like, what the fuck's a toy going to do for you? And so I was like, all right, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Like this guy makes sense. So yeah, it was rich dad, poor dad. Yeah. It's crazy too. It would like, if like, I never had like that, you know, other father figure that would like, you know, teach me like this other perspective of like life and you know business and whatnot yeah like you know being raised in like the average household right like you, you don't know anybody that's rich and then you yeah. come to these groups right like these like uh, like apex yeah and then like you see, like you meet people that show you like that different perspective like from the other side exactly like, Damn, bro like there's this other whole other world that you don't even know dude it's crazy because like same thing so like even that like uh the rich dad will call him he like, I don't, I've never known what he made. If I was going to shoot from the hip, I'd say maybe 200 grand a year or something like that. Back then I thought that would be the craziest thing ever. And one thing like what you're saying, especially in apex, I was uh, with some apex brothers over in uh, Vegas one time. We're at this like crazy steak dinner. And I think it's like 120 bucks a person at least before you even get drinks to eat at this place. And we have like six of us there. I'm like, damn. And the other five guys were fighting over the check of who's going to pay it. Like, not, not like you should pay it, but like, no, give it to me. I want to pay it. I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? And then we're sitting there and one of them, he's like, I'm, you know, honestly, I'm not even a millionaire. He's like, I've made like 500 in a year. He's like one year I made like 750, but yeah, I'm like, like you just said 750. I'm like, you're not talking about 750 grand. Are you? He's like, oh yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you just, you made, you just said you made 750 in a year and you're not a millionaire. It's like, yeah, I'm like, I love this place. <laughs> so it's crazy when you walk into that new life. It's like, damn, it's all just standards, man. What do you set your standards at and what level you play at? Yeah, for sure. Dude, that's something that like has helped me to just kind of 
like like you like how old are you 25 25 i'm 27 but yeah even just like a couple years ago was like whenever that shit like clicked with like damn dude like what am i doing with my life right like i was just kind of like yeah around for like, sure you know that's one thing i always got a lot is that people it's like oh i wish i started as early as you did and this and that it's like dude you don't realize like i didn't get a high school career i didn't get to play football it's not that i like i didn't want to it's that i couldn't it's not that i didn't go to high school parties because i didn't want to it's because i couldn't i was in someone's crawl space at 2 a.m pulling wires on a saturday night and yes like saturday and sunday nights too so it's like a lot of it there was a lot of sacrifice up front for it there was a lot of just you know god's timing meeting me there saying this is your time to go so everybody's got their own time don't ever wish it's different because i could die fucking 30 years old you know not that like i want that to happen obviously but it's like i could but it's like oh then you might live to 110 it's like well who really started earlier you know so it's like everything's relative so i just say all that time worrying about that and wondering about that is just wasted. So just focus on what you're doing right now and going forward because it's the only thing that matters. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to Gary Vee, but he always says that. It's like, man, like no matter, like even if you're fucking like 40, 50 years old, like you're still young, dude. You got like a, yeah. whole, nother, a whole nother life, dude. Exactly. Well, that's what you got to think of, dude. Like you're 27 right now. Yeah. In another 27 years, starting from right now, what, you're going to be in your 50s. Yeah. You could literally live to be a hundred. You could have another 50 years after that. So you could have what you've just lived, double that. And you can literally quadruple from there too. And still that's like your life. So it's like, all right, what the fuck are you like really missing out on? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot, you know, in life. That... Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like a big thing too, I used to be a lot more about this. Now I don't really care what people think, but it was always cool to be, that younger successful person when I was 21 years old and remodeling my own house I bought without a co-signer and shit like that and like had people living with me and I had a new truck and running my business and all that like I felt like king, king shit on turd mountain I was like oh dude I'm the young successful person and every time I seen somebody else who was also like 20 20 to 25 and like if they had their own business I would make sure I was going to like fucking be bigger than them and beat yeah. them and all that. So it was all ego driven and whatnot. And I was like, like, I don't even fuck what people think, man. Like it was cool and it is cool still, but it's like also just worrying about what they think. It's like, it doesn't serve any purpose for anybody. And so it's like this, if you like me, or you don't like me, you can lick my nuts. <laughs> if you like me, thank you. But I don't like, it doesn't sway my heart either way. So now I just focus on me. I take time and age completely out of the equation. I just go as hard as I possibly can. Because one thing that held me back was comparing myself to those other people. Those people that I compared myself to that were on the same age group, they still only have one employee. They still only have two employees and they still only do fucking 180 grand a year in revenue. And I'm like, oh damn. It's like, I was comparing myself to that person that just hit their finish line already. And I'm like, oh, I haven't even, I just finished my warm up even today. It's like, now yeah. I got some legs to run. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I see you going, you going pretty hard with the podcast too. How many, oh, episodes, yeah. you, how many episodes are you doing a week? One, one or two? Two. Two. How's yeah. So what's that? So how's that going? Sorry, it was uh, breaking up. So how's it going? Oh, it was going really good, dude. Uh, I don't like to say numbers as far as it, but it's like actually even like yesterday. Sometimes like I just log into the, the 
browser thing. I was like, what in the fuck? Like how did that many people come there? And I checked the charts. I'm like, dude, there's people listening from like Poland and India and Australia. I'm like, what in the fuck? Like I am just like, I know I have some uh, Australian followers, but I didn't know like all through Europe and stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. And then uh, one of my friends was just telling me about uh, getting me on his boss's podcast, which is a fucking like pretty big name person. I would blow it up even more because he likes my podcast. I'm like, damn, this guy who has like, I think like three or four million followers on Instagram. He's like, he likes my podcast. And he was like, wants me to have him, me on his show. I was like, what in the fuck? Like shit's actually working. So yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, that's dope, dude. Um, so uh, I was going to ask, um, so if somebody wants to get started like doing what you're doing, you know, how, what do you think is the easiest way for them to do that? You know, cause there's a lot of people that are still lost. Oh yeah. So like, as far as like contracting or general contracting or development side, uh, what development side, development side. So, and like I'll clear up real quick too. It's like, we do development and general contracting. Uh, so like right now I'm developing a subdivision with 24 pole barn houses. It's about a $5 million project total. Uh, but also con- or general contracting, like uh, commercial projects. So uh, that's basically what we do. But as far as the development side and like development, you can roll back all the way to when I was 19. I bought my first piece of property here uh, in the town I was gr- uh, grew up in uh, for about 19000 And I got it on land contract. So when you get into like real estate investing and development, just get started however the fuck you can. Like it doesn't matter how you finance the deal. It doesn't matter what deal you even find. Find something that you can get your hands on and do something with it that increases value, no matter how little. The first one was just a five acre piece of property kind of in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, I just literally went out there with some friends. My friends came and helped for free because they just like wanted to have fun. And so we rented a mini excavator. I brought a couple of chainsaws I had. And then uh, we went out there and cleared lots, started dropping trees. We're all having fun. I bought everybody lunch and beer and whatnot. And then uh, we had this like cleared lot ready to build essentially. And so there's a few spots on it. And I sold the property for more than I bought it for and sold all the firewood off of it. So when I get some development, just find anything. And I bought it on land contract too. So I knew a guy who owned properties that sold them on land contracts. I didn't know him. Don't think of it as like a, uh, an advantage. It was like a friend of a friend of a friend. Somebody said, oh, go talk to this person. And I knew his son. When I talked to him, he's like, yeah, give me four grand. There it is. So just get it however you can. Do something with it. Have fun with it. Nice. So if somebody wants to connect with you, man, what's the, what's the easiest way to put them through? I, I say um, Instagram, at Luke C. Marcotte, man. Send me a message anytime you want. And uh, that's about it. All right, man. Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll link it up on here on the on the video because I'll post this video on YouTube but, and cool. put it on the show notes and stuff like that. So, All right, you. sounds good. Cool, man. Hey, well, I appreciate you coming on the Construction Royalty Podcast, dude. I see you kicking ass on yes, and on. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right, man. You have a good night.